Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
out in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Mid Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Mid Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a week. Basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air, just give us a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. Or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show there live. This show will either be on pages one or two of that uh, site, and you will see uh, the logos there for Stevie B's Media Production with these radio shows on it. And if you have any questions or comments for my co-host or special guest on this broadcast, send your emails to my new email address, Butler Steve. 1009 at yahoo.com or you can call Stevie B Mid Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating the congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now folks, get out your Bibles and stay along with us here on What Our Word from the Lord Radio Show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. And on every third Tuesday of the month, we have a special edition. My co-host, Shauna Otis, is with the Great Way Church of Christ there in Nashville, Tennessee. She has her team there to Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry that airs every third Tuesday of the month. So enjoy your listening experience. Shauna, take it away. My name is Brian Malone, and you're listening to the Mid-Tennessee Singles Hour Power on the What a Word from the Lord radio show. Hello, all. My name is Shauna Otis, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I am here with the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry from Tennessee. Um, really, really, we're from a whole lot of different states. <laughs> um, so not, not only Tennessee, if that makes sense. Our committee... Um, like we now have like a, a, a total of 14 members um, from various uh, cities, um, various states, or what have you. Um, tonight's show um, is uh, will be tonight's show. I'm sorry, um, Brother Manuel Jonathan. I'm sorry if I if I say it. I'm not gonna say it like so I'm gonna have him say it correctly for you all. When <laughs> I have him say it. Uh, when he logs in, but he is who I know wants to be our moderator for tonight um, for the show. Um, I, I will also be helping as well uh, uh, as William Cotton, um, who is the assistant minister at Easter Street Church of Christ in um, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, and we are so happy just to be on the call here tonight. Um, and so we hope you just sit back and um, relax. And feel free to ask questions where questions are arrived. Um, Manuel, um, I will now turn it over to you. Manuel. Manuel. I give you the honor. I give you the praise. I give you the glory. All of my name. I give you my life, how great or small, I give you my all, my all, my all, my all. Oh, 
Tennessee Singles Hour Pie.
uh, Mid-Tennessee Singles Group for selecting me to do our talk today. It's a great opportunity. I love working with both CBB and uh, the Singles Group. Well, the Singles Group have given me a good topic to talk about, so I'm going to go right in it. And uh, uh, I'm sure I was introduced. My name is uh, Brother Manuel Jonathan, the minister of the Adam Street Church of Christ in Enterprise, Alabama. So today I selected four of my verses, number 23 through 27. Matthew chapter 8, verses number 23 through 27. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, read that. I'll give you a, a minute to look that up if you're going to be following along with me. I'm just setting up all of my stuff here. All right, and I'll be reading from the King James Version. And the Bible says, And when he entered into the ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep, and his disciples came to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are you fearful, O ye little ones? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the seas, and uh, there was great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? One of you for a topic, O ye of little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. So tonight, the discussion topic, biblical faith. So this evening, we want to use this time to look at the importance of biblical faith. And so I chose this uh, text because it shows us that there is a connection between anxiety, worrying, and a little faith. But before we get into uh, this uh, uh, text, I want us to uh, discuss what faith is and why it is so important. Then we will go back and break down the text. The biblical definition, I want us to take our description straight, 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 straight from the passages of the scripture. I don't want to beat around with all kind of different things. Let's just take our uh, description of what biblical faith is straight from the Bible. And as we get ready to explain it, I want to start with Romans chapter 4 and verses number 20 through 21. In Romans chapter 4, verses 20 and 21, the Bible says, he staggered not at the promise of God through faith, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. In this verse, the Apostle Paul describes the faith of Abraham. He does it by using a story from the Old Testament book of Genesis. And in these verses, Paul is telling us that Abraham experienced 
no unbelief. Abraham did not waver in trust in God. Just the opposite. Abraham grew stronger in his faith and to give and continue to give glory to God. He believed that God would do exactly what he promised. He promised even after years had passed without that promise being fulfilled. That, my friend, is an excellent example of faith. So what is faith? Let's look at what the Hebrew writer tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verses number 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Word translated substance comes from a Greek word uh, that's spelled H-U-P-O-S-T-A-S-I-S, which means a placing or setting under a substance or a foundation. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, I want you to notice that the writer lets us know that faith and hope go together. They're inseparable. Faith and hope go together. In other words, the same things that are the object of our hope are the object of our faith. It is a firm persuasion that expectation that God will perform all that he has promised us in Christ. And it is so strong. It is so strong that Abraham, as we read in Romans, did not waver in trusting God. He grew stronger in his faith and continued to give glory to God. And then notice the Hebrew writer in the second half of that verse, verse number one in this scripture, he says that faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now, the word translated uh, here for evidence is the Greek word spelled E-L-E-N-T-H-O-S, which means a proof of that proved or test, a conviction. It is the evidence of things not seen. So what is that saying? It's saying, in other words, faith demonstrates to the eye of the mind the reality of those things that cannot be discerned by the eye of the body. The evidence of things not seen talks about the reality of those things that cannot be discerned with our physical eye. And that's why in Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, Paul tells us, for we walk by faith and not by sight. You see, if, if we could see God, physically just see him, then we would have no need to believe. We would have no need to have faith to believe in him. Man says sin is believing. But in God's kingdom, it's the opposite. It's believing before sin. Now, I want to keep this in mind. We cannot live by faith if we don't know enough knowledge of God's word and the power. God's word is very important. And so we cannot have faith if we, uh, uh, enough faith 
if we don't have knowledge of the word, and the knowledge of uh, the word and power. That's why in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, the scripture says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. With that said, the evidence of one's faith in God is his obedience to his will. James chapter 2 and verse 17 states, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead, being alone. You see, the evidence of faith is seen in the actions, is seen in the actions of the faithful. So we demonstrate our faith in God by what we do and how we live. That's right. James chapter 2 and verse number 26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So now we have an understanding of what faith is. So now we understand what faith is and what the scripture says, what faith is. Why is faith so important to a Christian? Why did uh, 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 the singles group, a group of Christians, want me to talk about faith tonight? Why is faith so important in this important word that we hear as children of God all the time, all the time? Well, the Bible tells us. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, he tells us, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, my friends, that is plain and simple right there. God's word tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. It don't matter what you do and how good of a life you live, if you don't have faith, you cannot please God. My friends, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, my friends, let me tell you something. That is a big deal right there. And then also, the Bible tells us that we are saved by grace through faith. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses number 8. The Bible says, for by grace ye are saved through what? Faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And then also, the Bible lets us know that we are justified by faith. We are justified by faith. Romans chapter 5 and verses number 1. The Bible says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then also another scripture that I've already mentioned that why it's so important to us is the Bible tells us in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses number 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So that's why faith is so important to us as children of God. There's no way to make it without faith in God and his word and the things that he tells us, the things that he promised us. We have to have faith. Now, as we, since we have established that, 
let's go back to our text. But before we go back to our text, let me let me ask, do we have any questions out there as we uh, move forward here before we get into the main part of our text? Do we have any questions? Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to keep moving. Let's go to our text. Now, in our text, Matthew chapter 8 and verses number 37, our text tells us, tells us about a boat carrying Jesus and his disciples. Uh, it started to take on water amid a sudden violent storm on the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee. Now, I want you to keep in mind that some of the disciples with Jesus was very experienced fishermen. And so because they were very experienced fishermen, that means they would have been out there on that sea, on that water, plenty of times, and they had encountered storms before. But however, in this situation, they are nervous and scared of the waves pouring in on the boat. This storm was so violent that it was so violent, they probably had never, ever seen and been out in a storm this bad. And they were scared. Now, they wasn't just scared. They were scared, scared that the boat would sink and they would drown. And finally, the disciples wake Jesus up and cry out to him, fearing for their life. Now, I want you to pay attention to what Jesus says to them. This is what I want us to look at right here as children of God. This is where our, our main point for tonight's going to come from. When Jesus, when they woke Jesus up, they know Jesus was chilling, relaxing, as calm as can be. When they woke Jesus up, Jesus said, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Now, notice something in this statement. Jesus didn't say, why are you fearful, O ye of no faith? He said, O ye of little faith. So they had faith. They just didn't have enough faith not to be frightened with Jesus right there in the boat with them. So the fact of the matter is they had some faith. Although they were scared, and they did have enough faith to go talk to Jesus. You know, uh, sometimes when we get into problems and situations, sometimes Jesus is the last person we think about. Isn't that something? That, that's something. But at least they had enough faith to go talk to Jesus in the middle of a violent storm, rocking back and forth. The waves are so big, filled with water. And our Lord and Savior is on that boat sleeping. Now, uh, each one of us that are children of God have some amount of faith. And, and, and it's obvious because it takes faith to believe in God. It takes faith to receive Christ and trust him 
for our salvation. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, in the verse number 8, for by grace ye are saved through faith and not yourself. It is the gift of God. So why do we sometimes fall apart in the middle of difficulties? Why? We're going to hold that thought right there, and we're going to take a pause. And I want you to think about that. Why do we sometimes fall apart in the middle of difficulties? Listening to the Mid Tennessee Singles Hour Pod. God is able. God is able. God is able. To do what he said he would do. God is able. God is able. Yes, he is. God is able. God is able. God is able. To do what he said he'd do. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nothing about me. 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 Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego When the flames grew hot They just put their trust in God And he would not let them go Showed his faithfulness. So if you think you're in a trial by fire, when the flames go hot, you just put your trust in God, and He'll never let you go. When trials come your way, he can give you peace down in your soul. He is always true. He'll be there for you. Will you believe? Will you receive? Yes, he's able. Yes, he's able. Oh, God. 
and studying the scriptures is just like planting a garden. In a garden, if you want to grow some watermelon, you must first plant the seeds that grow watermelon. If you plant any other seed, it's not going to grow watermelon. So you have to plant the seeds that grow watermelon. If you want to grow faith, you have to study God's word. You see, God's word is the seed that grows the faith. You see, knowing God's word is not something that is just planted in our mind by osmosis. No. And, and, and you can't have real faith if you don't know God's word. So the first way that you can increase your faith is by studying God's word. Beloved, you become familiar with the Bible and what faith is all about by meditating on its content. So uh, we must study God's word. We must uh, uh, read God's word. We must know God's word. That is the only way that you're going to be able to increase your faith because you can't increase your faith on something that you do not know and understand. And next, to read God's word. Next, you need to follow the word. In other words, you need to heed the word. James chapter 1 and verses number 22 through 24, it tells us, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if any be a bearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man unto a beholder of his natural face in a glass. For he beholding himself, and goes his way, and straight away forget it, what manner of man he is. We just read God's word and study God's word, but do not heed to what God is telling us, then our faith grows stagnant. You're not going to grow. And when you go go stagnant, you're going backwards. So uh, uh, reading God's word and studying God's word and heeding to God's word is how we increase our faith. And then the third way that we increase our faith, the word. You see, as you test or act on what God says and experiences God's blessings, your faith, Grows. You see, beloved, listen, faith is tested through trials. It's not produced by trial. You see, sometimes we get so confused and we fall apart is because when trials come, we're not ready. You see, trials, that, uh, uh, they don't produce uh, faith. They don't produce uh, tri- uh, 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 trials. Uh, not uh, Faith is not produced by trials Faith is tested through trials Not produced You see, so when 
you're not studying God's word and you're not growing in, in his word and applying it to your life, when trials come, you're going to falter. You're going to fail because uh, 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 the, the faith is tested in trials. It's not produced by trials. You see, trials reveals what faith we do have. Trials reveal what faith we do have. Not because God doesn't know how much faith we have, but so that our faith will be evident to ourselves and to those around us. When we decide to do the wrong thing, when we uh, decide to compromise with God's word and do the opposite of what he tells us and we try to build up in our, our mind it is okay, then we are, we're, we're failing the test. James chapter 1 and verses number 2 through 3, the Bible says, my brother, count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptation. Knowing this, check this out, he says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work it Patience. You see, each one of us must have storms. The fact is, they must come into our lives to produce growth. If, if, if we don't have any kind of storms and, and any kind of difficulties, then uh, 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 we're not going to grow. You see, uh, they come into our lives. These storms come in our life to produce growth. Check this out. Without thunderstorms, you know those thunderstorms, they bring the rain. You see, without thunderstorms, the grass, the trees, the vegetation won't grow. And without the storms of life, you and I won't grow because we won't move out of our comfort zone. We'll stay right where we are. We'll think that we are okay. But see, unless you move out of your comfort zone and, uh, and you, uh, you risk, and you risk challenge, you'll never grow. Because fear and growth go together. That's right. That's exactly what I said. Fear and growth go together. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Remember in our text in Matthew chapter 8 in verse number 23 through verse 27 the disciples were terrified. Now they were not just scared. Remember I said they were scared scared. And when we, we double up on those words like that that means they were scared. The disciples were Scared, scared of losing their lives. But when they woke up, uh, but when they woke up, our Lord and Savior, whom they had been following for a good while, what happened? When they called on the Lord, the Lord woke up and he commanded the, the wind and the waves to chill. He 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 didn't just want them to chill. He said, "Shell out," and they did. 
The winds went back to regular and the waves went back to the normal. And I can assure you at that point, the disciples' fear was definitely redirected. Yeah, they were afraid. But do you think they grew that day? Yes. I know you know. I know you believe they grew that day. And and I may seem to say they grew like never, ever before in their lives. That And they grew in their understanding of Jesus Christ. That's for sure. And he was realized, and they realized that he was who he said he was, and he was God. They left that day knowing that he is God. Beloved, our faith in God through Christ is the core foundation upon which our lives in Christ are built. Faith is what makes him become real in our lives. Whenever we allow unbelief to get in, when we uh, allow unbelief to get in the most of us, we literally, what we really literally are doing is turning off God. So we have to build our faith. We have to build our faith. And so let's recap. How do we build our faith? The first way that we build our faith is through studying God's word. Remember that. So we can't not just live our lives every day and not read and study God's word. Reading and studying God's word to be a part of our daily lives as children of God. And if we are children of God and we're not doing this, then we are not doing everything that we're supposed to be doing. And that is the reason why we have difficulties all the time. And then also, uh, I said that we must heed to God's word, right? We must not just be hearers, but we must be doers of his word. James chapter 1 and verses number 22 through 24. And then we must test the word. We must remain faithful and do God's will. And so we have to know those things to be faithful. That's our message about faith. You know, I really want to Thank everyone for taking the time to uh, uh, be with us on this radio broadcast, this wonderful uh, broadcast. I've spoken on uh, this program with CBB several times. This is the first time with the, uh, the Mid-Tennessee Singles Group. So I want to thank them. But at this time, we want to just open up the floor to see if we have any uh questions out there. Do we have any questions? Not any question um, on this end, um, but Manuel, well, this is Shauna Otis from Nashville, from Nashville, Tennessee. I just want to uh, 
Um, just to show my appreciation, but just wanted to thank you for just coming in on the show to share a word with us tonight on faith. I really appreciate that. Great lesson. Thank you. Thank you. I wonder, do we have do we have do we have any time left on here? We do. Yes, you do. Uh, we. Yes. Good. <laughs> uh, Good. Let me tell you something. If we don't have any questions, I always like to end any time I have the opportunity to deliver a message. Uh, sometimes we may have. Uh, people that's visiting our our broadcast who are not members of the church, who have not obeyed Christ. And so I want to tell you what you need to do to uh, uh, be saved, to be added to the body of Christ. And if you want to respond to the word, all you have to do is contact CBB on the number that you, you called in, and he will Get us in contact with you to help you finish out the steps. And so let me tell you what you have to do to be saved. The Bible tells us that first you have to hear the gospel. And remember how we just talked. You, you, you have to hear. You have to hear because the next step after hearing is believing. And so you have to hear the gospel. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible says, So that faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And then in John chapter 8 and verse number 32, the Bible says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And the truth is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came down from heaven's glory and died a very shameful death on this earth so that you and I could have a chance of everlasting life. He came down and he was crucified on the cross. For you and for me. And he died, but he was buried and he rose. And, and so he paid the price for you and me. And we have to understand that sin separated us from God. And the only way that we can be reconciled uh, to, uh, with God was through the blood of his son. There was nothing else in this universe of value that could of this situation. The only one that could fix it was his son. And his son agreed, and he came, and he did it for us. You have to believe the gospel. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, the Bible says, Well, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And then the Bible tells us that we have to repent of past sins. Acts chapter 17 and verses number 30, the Bible said, In the times of this ignorant, God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. And then the next thing the Bible tells us that we have to do is we have to confess faith in Jesus. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 10 the Bible says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. And then we don't stop right there. Then the Bible says that we have to be baptized for the remission of our sins. 
Acts chapter 2 and verses number 38. Yes, baptism is a requirement. Folks want to want to argue about that and they want to uh, say that all you have to do is confess and you're saved. But notice in, in Romans chapter 10 and verses 10, it says, For with the heart man believeth of the righteous, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It didn't say you're saved. It said it's made unto salvation. Now, every example in the New Testament showed us that you have to be baptized to be saved. And that's why the people, when they were pricked to their heart in Acts chapter 2, in verse 38, and they asked what to, they need to, to do to be saved. Peter said, repent and be baptized. And then also in Mark chapter 16, in verse number 16, the Bible says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And it's a conjunction that ties the two together. It says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So, uh, Salvation is number two. Uh, 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 believing is number one, and baptizing is number one, and together they make number two, which is salvation. You see, and is a conjunction that ties them together. He said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You see, if you take the baptism out, you got he that believeth, and he that believeth by itself does not equal salvation. Why? Because the and is put in there. That conjunction ties the two together so they cannot be separated. So to get to number two, salvation, the Bible says he that believe it and is baptized, boom, shall be saved. Now, some genius out there will say, well, you didn't read the rest of it. Because then the rest of the scripture says, and he that believe it not, Shall be damned. Notice he didn't say baptism that time. Well, I just told you. He didn't need to repeat himself again when he said, uh, uh, He that believe it not shall be damned. He had already told us, He that believe it and is baptized. When he said and, he tied those two together, which means they cannot separate. So he did not have to repeat that again. So that's why he said, He that believe it not shall be damned. He that believe it not. Is not going to be baptized, and it's going to be damned. So you can get baptized, but don't believe. You're not saying you have to believe, and you have to be baptized. You go down in that watery grave of baptism, you come up a new creature. That old way of life, living is gone. You live to please God for the rest of your life. You continue, and you grow, and you add the seven Christian graces in your life that can be found in Second Peter chapter 1, 5 through 11. Live faithful unto death, and he'll give you a crown of life in heaven when he comes. Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 10. My friends, there's no other way. If you hear, heed to God's word. We're going to turn the program back over to Stevie B. We thank you for your time. Listening to the Mid Tennessee Singles Hour Pod. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Give me a song to sing. 
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.